are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Joining me, like always, we got Porkman, we got Chev, and we got Nate Christian. Gentlemen, it is so great to see you all again, and we are here talking about some more rookies. But before you do, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We are available, excuse me, wherever podcasts are found. And with rookie drafts quickly approaching, make sure you check out our Notion player database available to all of our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind you will not regret it or maybe you will but you probably won't a dollar a month gets you our group chat five dollars a month gets you all of our other access so make sure you check that out and also hats off to sean for doing a lot of great work on our notion portal so sean he is uh, producing right now hats off to you also my screen is messed up again so i can't see anybody until it comes back so i apologize but let's get into our first prospect and that is notre dame running back kyron williams so i can't like i said i can't do or see anything so if anyone has access to the screen if you could read off kyron williams stats for me that would be fantastic kyron williams running back out of notre dame Five foot nine, so a little small, but thick at 199 pounds, 21 years old, coming out as a true junior. Um, last year, he was a true sophomore, broke out for Notre Dame, and won ACC freshman uh, freshman of the year, I believe, uh, or breakout player of the year, something like that. Um, Four-star recruit in 2021, 204 attempts for 1,002 yards, just got over that mark, 14 touchdowns for a 4.9 average and we're giving him projected draft capital of second, third round, day two. Um, you know, sounds like he might be slipping into that uh, that day two. Uh, some of us might think he's a little bit later. Bob probably thinks he's a first round pick, but uh, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, my camera's back, but Nate, thank you. You killed that. Since you read it, would you like to start talking about Kyron? I would love to start talking about Gia Bernard. Um, oh, okay. We got a comp already. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, so I turned on the tape right away. I've heard some other comparisons. Um, I'll, I'll save those in case anyone else wants to bring them up. But as soon as I turned on the tape, I was impressed by just Kyron's all-around ability to make a difference on third down. And that was you know catching the ball, that was running routes down the field. But maybe most importantly, and the reason why I do think he might get that third-round draft capital is – He's one of the best pass protectors in this draft class and probably one of the best pass protectors in the past couple draft classes. Um, despite his size, he is out there and he gives it his all. He is incredible at finding blitzers who are coming down the field. Um, and he just keeps his head on a swivel. He finds everything. He's, got, he's always got a chip block before he goes out, uh, full effort all the time. He does his best to not be limited by his size, and I think that's going to be a big thing for teams and going to lead to some NFL draft capital there because that's something that's, you know, we, we always say that can be taught, but some guys don't pick it up that well, you know, and that's, that can off, oftentimes be a big thing that keeps them off the field. So Kyron Williams being one of the best pass protectors automatically 
you know, makes him something I want, I want to look at in my eyes because he's going to be on the field at the next level. And outside of that, like I said, good receiving ability, um, always a comfortable check down for the quarterback. He's good route runner. You know, he, he's good with the option routes coming out of the backfield. He's also got some experience lining up in the slot or outside. So, you know, that receiving ability is really, I think, the core of him. I don't think he's a great runner. I don't think he has incredible athleticism uh, or power. Decent contact balance and elusiveness. But for me, this guy is really the 1B of a committee at the next level. Um, like the Gio Bernard, I said. You know, he's a guy that if he's my spot starter, I'm not too worried about it. He can definitely do well. I think he's going to be a great fantasy asset as long as he goes to a team that's like likely to pass the ball a lot. I think Kyron Williams is a player that is going to be a very good pro. He might be a better NFL player than a fantasy player, uh, but I think he does offer enough receiving upside for PPR leagues to be, a, you know, a good guy that you want to grab, you know, somewhere in maybe your second round, depending on draft capital, maybe third round. And this is a guy that has Gio Bernard written all over him. I know some people are going to disagree and say he's got a little bit higher of a ceiling, but for me, I feel like I know who Kyron Williams is and I'm happy with it. So, Two things. One, Kyron almost sounds like a Viking name, if you know a certain person. Um, secondly, you know, I could see different things as the host and streamer here. And I'm just I'm listening to Nate talk and watching Sean eat noodles behind the scenes. And it is it is like the most distracting thing ever because I'm trying to listen to what Nate's saying. And I was watching Sean go ham. So Sean, I hope your dinner is really good. Wave if your dinner is good. Dinner's good for Sean, everybody. Taco salad. salad. <laughs> I know noodles. <laughs> I can't. I can't really tell because, like, taco salad. Like it's kind of gray. Like Sean's box isn't colored in. It's kind of gray, so I can't really see him too well. All right. Well, Taco Tuesday. There, there we go. Happy Taco <laughs> Tuesday, everybody. I'm going to touch on Kyron Williams real quick and see. Nate saw some things that I didn't see. Maybe we watched some different game tapes. So I'm going to have to come back because the pass pro that I saw wasn't that great. But um, I saw that he doesn't break many tackles. Again, I could be wrong. He's got a thick lower body, but a little slight for the NFL. Typically takes what is given, which is fantastic. He doesn't try to force too much, which I do like in a running back. Uh, he allows the line to open up his holes. Not overly elusive. Uh, great contact balance. I did like that about him. Um, I thought he had average receiving ability. And I'll just give you my uh, my overall report here. I won't join on. Given the opportunity, he can be productive. But I don't see an NFL superstar. I see a depth piece. I actually projected him six round to an undrafted free agent. My overall tape score was 5.45, which would make him an average starter. I'll go back and I'll look at his pass pro again. Cause again, I could be wrong. It's still early in the process. Make sure you always reevaluate yourself and your processes as you're looking at these rookies, because Nate just said to miss me with that. Who would like to touch on Kyron Williams next? Um, I'll talk about him real quick. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, um, just with the athleticism, he isn't really moving laterally pretty well. He just seems like he's just a straight up the gut type of runner. Um, but sometimes when he decides to bounce out, that's when he starts to lose uh, lose a little bit of momentum. Uh, to me, I think he has a little bit of prototypical size, just how thick he is. Um, I think he can take a hit when he gets to the NFL. Um, his power, when he's in the goal line, I, I saw a lot of uh, – a lot of angst just to get to where he needs to go. Um, so for me, you know, a lot of you guys hit on what it was, but I think his biggest thing was his pass pro and his receiving. His receiving was really good for me. He has really like just natural hands. Um, so for a guy that's that thick, I think that's really going to get him 
on the field as well with his uh his very good pass pro. Because I know Bob, he showed us a couple clips um, where he was just blowing up people up the middle, um, and his chip blocks were really really good. So I don't want to keep you know keep pushing the narrative of what me and Nate were saying, but uh, I think this guy is a going to be like a day two guy, maybe second, maybe maybe second round or third more third round. If he's second, then I think his stock will go way up because that will be the team that's what they're looking for. But, um, yeah, for me, I, I kind of like him. Not to be like an everyday starter, but hey, just to spell somebody, come in from third downs or even second downs, I think he can take them inside runs and, and take that beating for a little bit. Okay. Chev, you got anything to add to Kyron? I will just say this. If you are listening, now would be the time to become a Patriot because – I can guarantee you, after Bob listens to this, it's going to be an absolute showdown in there. I don't know if Mike will comment back because he doesn't look at group chats, but Bob is going to have an absolute field day uh, with Mike in that group chat. So mm-hmm. now is your time to become a patron if you really want to uh, hear that. But I think you guys hit a lot on it. Uh, he bounces his runs out a little too much for me. I think he's he does everything pretty well. I don't see anything like super elite. I think his pass catching is really good, and I think it will be something that gets him on the field. Uh, but you guys really hit everything else other than that. Also, Chev, I do want to just touch on what you said. I've been trying to be more involved. What I did was this. I cut back and scaled back on a lot of leagues, and that's why I had everything muted because yeah, I think we all kind of did. When you have so many leagues with all these different chats, it's too much. So I ended up yeah. muting everything and not being involved in every anything. So I'm getting more involved. Also, um, it is important to point out the projected draft capital. We're not just coming up with this stuff. Sean is pulling that from mockdraftdatabase.com. So, you know, this is a reputable site. Again, we're not just making things up here. Um, before we get to our next prospect, Nate, I believe there is something that you wanted to touch on for a minute or two before we, we got to it. So, have at it. Yeah, so this one is for all of our UK listeners out there. Um, I know we have at least at least two. So <laughs> I got a couple of Christmas beers. We're worldwide. Uh, we are worldwide. We just got kicked out by the Dutch. So if you're a Dutch listener, please resubscribe and share with your friends. We got to get back on that that top board. Yeah. Um, so I got some Christmas beers, and I just wanted to share with share with you guys because this one is one of my favorites. Santa's butt. And when I got this beer, I was like, why would they call a beer Santa's butt? Well, according to the bottle, this uh, special holiday porter is made for winter, rich and warming, the way they like it at the North Pole. It was inspired by the famous line from a well-loved children's storybook. And Santa sat on his great butt, enjoying a hearty brew. So... If you live in the UK, because this is a UK beer, and apparently that's a UK story, could you please tell me what story that is a well-loved childhood book that comes <laughs> from? Because in America, we have no childhood books that talk about Santa sitting on his butt drinking beer, as much as I would have loved that. So if you can please tell me where to find that, I need to buy it off of Amazon. Well, if you It's also a pretty gonna, good beer. You said if you're going to buy it off Amazon, isn't that where you would find it? Well, I don't know the name of the book. Oh, good point. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks, Mike. You're very welcome. Jeez. 
So that has been Nate's Devi beer segment of the week. Maybe that could be a recurring thing. Buy some more beer. Yeah, there you go. Do it up. I do have one question before we talk about our next prospect, and that is, do you like DFS? Do you wish you could redraft each week within the season? If so, it's time to check out Underdog Fantasy. While the best ball platform season-long drafts are closed, there's still weekly drafts and pick'ems for every game. Support the Dynasty Rewind team and join us on Underdog Fantasy by using promo code Rewind when you make your first deposit, and you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Deposit 100, get 100 more to play with. Boom, link is in the description. If it doesn't work, Bob Van Duzer will personally PayPal you uh, whatever the difference is, but probably not. And by the way, every time you hear thunder, that is just Bob being grumpy. So let's move on to the next prospect, and that is Traylon Burks. And he is from the University of Arkansas. He's a wide receiver. He's six foot three, two hundred twenty-five pounds, twenty-one years old. He was a four-star recruit, and in twenty twenty-one, he had sixty-six catches, one thousand one hundred four yards, eleven touchdowns, and sixteen point seven yards per reception average. And his projected draft capital is a mid-first round draft pick. We are going to start with Phil. Phil, pork, Philip. It's like Jim, James, Jimothy. Pork. <laughs> Jimothy? Who's Can that? I call you? You never watched The Office? Uh, barely. Oh, too white. Get him off. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Thanks. Chev, um, <laughs> I love it. Seriously. Um, <laughs> so, Phil, you and I were talking today, and you have questions about trailing your concerns? Or are you just not as. Hi, you want to talk to me okay. about Traylon Burks? So we all know Traylon Burks. Um, most people's wide receiver ones class, uh, not personally mine, but could be close. Um, Traylon Burks is a high-level prospect, but in my opinion, he's also a high-level project. And I can explain why. It could be a little bit, you know, um, polarizing, coming from, you know, everybody saying this guy is so good. But we all know, He's 6'3", he's 225, athletic as hell, he's fast as hell. But when you get into the league and you're playing in Arkansas and you're playing in college, the biggest thing for me that I have an issue with, with wide receivers coming out, is separation. And this guy, when he's going downfield, not really getting separation. And the only route that I really saw him get separation on was um, a couple slants when he's play, uh, facing press coverage and his comeback routes are nasty. Comeback routes are really good. Um, has some guys on skates. I'm perfectly fine with that. But when you're running just regular slants or even some of his out routes, you have to be really precise with them. So if you're rounding stuff out, it allows a lot of the corners to jump on those and do that stuff. But for how big and strong this guy is, he was able to, you know, overpower some of these smaller, younger corners in college. Um, when it comes to his hips, because, you know, that's my thing, I think that that's something that he can work on um, when he does those intermediate routes. But he's kind of looking like uh, he's scaring me like a Denzel Mims a little bit. And that's making me very, very nervous just because of the size that he has. Um, we all made fun of DK Metcalf because he had the route branch. But, you know, he had the athleticism. So I think he has that type of ceiling. But I think his floor is a Denzel Mims, which 
really, really scares me. Um, no, don't get me wrong. I love the prospect. That's why he's a high-end prospect. He's strong. He's fast. He does everything else right. It's just you. I don't think that you can rely on just pure athleticism when you go to the next level. He needs to hone that route running. And once he hones that and gets that down, I think his the ceiling is to the moon. But for right now, I don't he's I think he's gonna get he's gonna get that first round uh first round pick as of right now. But as of right now, his full game isn't progress. Just that's just my opinion. So he's not gonna be my wide receiver one. That's Garrett Wilson right now, but he's probably still be in my top five just from pure athleticism. Interesting. Um all right, Nate, would you like to touch on JJ Arcegoitz? I mean, Trey Lombergs. That's just what <laughs> Phil is comping him. I didn't to. say that. You said it. <laughs> exactly. Nate? Wow. Uh, Trey Lombergs is going to be a size speed freak. It's going to mm-hmm. be, a, why would you want DK Metcalf, Chase Claypool, um, any of those guys when you can have Trey Lombergs? Um, you know, 6'3, 225, and he's going to run a 4'4. Um, it's going to be very impressive. I think his stock is going to continue to rise throughout the draft process. It's going to just the, go to the moon after the NFL combine. I think um, when he weighs in, gets his measurables, it's going to be great. Um, for me, this guy is my wide receiver one, and I have him up there, uh, coming up into the same tier as the CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, um, Jamar Chase, Devonte Smith. He's coming. He's coming up on that tier. Um, I don't think he has quite the production and uh, pro readiness as some of those other guys had, but I mm-hmm. think his ceiling is similar. So for me, he, he kind of does everything well that a wide receiver needs to do, but he really wins with the physicality and the contested catch. Now the physicality with the run blocking, not great. I know Mike's going to mention that later, yeah. but <laughs> physicality at the catch point is one of the best in the class. Um, he's, he's mossing people out there. He creates separation down the field and you throw the ball up to him and you know, he's, he has a chance to get it. Uh, he's one of those guys that we say that it's not a 50, 50 ball. It's more like a 75, 25 ball, 80, 20 ball. Uh, it's Traylon Burks's sideline and the cornerbacks just there trying to do his best. Um, I call him the back shoulder King. If he can find a quarterback that is comfortable throwing back shoulder and they work on that, I mean, Traylon Burks could just make a living off just back shoulder catches mm-hmm. um, because he's, he's got the speed to get the cornerback, you know, running and turned around and he's got enough athleticism to make the, you know, smooth stop and, you know, catch that ball outside of his frame. So my wide receiver one, uh, I, I don't have him, you know, a whole head above the rest of the guys in this group, but I do have him as my wide receiver one, especially when I look at, you know, what these player ceilings are. Traylon Burks has the highest ceiling for me. And it's, it's kind of a crazy comp. I didn't really like it at first, but I've kind of grown into it. I've heard some people say that Traylon Burks could be everything I wanted Josh Gordon to be. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I don't hate that. Chev, your thoughts on Denzel, I mean, uh, Traylon Burks? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we all know he's a freak athlete. Obviously, there's some separation that I would like to see more of, but there was also some separation issues that I saw with Jamar Chase, and, you know, uh, he's a little bit smaller, and I think Trey Long can do kind of the same things with him. Look what, look what happened to Jamar Chase. 
right? Hey. He could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes, and his route running, obviously, I don't believe is as polished as I wish it would be. But I also don't think that offense was really good either. Watching those games, watching how many quarterback runs they had, all this randomness that they would do on offense, I wasn't a fan of. But they still found ways to get Traylon Burks the ball. Um, he's Obviously, he's great at 50-50 balls. Nate said it. It's like 75-25, it seems like, most of the time. I believe he has the biggest hands in the draft as well. I mean, dude has freaking massive, massive hands. Yes. So uh, he's going to be making big plays in the NFL. I do not have him as my wide receiver one either. Like I said in the previous episodes, I'm kind of trying to stay away from those 50-50 players that make their living down the field. Uh, so I'm going to stick by that still. I have him as wide receiver too, so it's not like he's very f really far away from it though. So. <laughs> right. Um, but – like I said, I really do like his game. I think he's got a lot to a lot to improve, but man, that speed, that size, it's everything you want in a player. And whatever team gets him is gonna be very lucky. Uh I kind of see him as like a Kyle Pitts kind of player too. He can play all over the field, in my opinion. I mean he played in the backfield, he played H, he played X, he played uh slot. I mean, he does it all. He can play anywhere over the field. I just wanna see better a little bit improvement on that route running yeah i agree with everyone except pork pretty much um i mean I look 6'3 225 and like nate said he's he's going to be a workout warrior he's going to be a speed mm -hmm. freak pork you're saying that he's having trouble getting open what i could tell you is this guy he gets behind people i'm for what i saw gets behind people pretty easy and you know you got to understand something there's going to be times he's going to be matched up against a 30 year a 30 year old defensive back you think he could smoke a 30 year old on the football field i do i mean i'm pretty sure if he ran against me he might win might no might. no last there come on now all right anyway might. um he's got he's got soft hands but he just will absolutely murder you for the ball you know it's one of those things where you might not like some of the routes he's playing in Arkansas. Arkansas is like the it's the shitty part of the SEC. Let's be real here. It is what it is. It's it's the little step kid of the freaking uh, Alabama, Georgia, and all that good stuff. Hey, they were doing well this year. Give them credit. They, were, they, they did were, all right. They're still Arkansas. You know what I mean? They're not the top tier of the SEC. So you're not going to get the good route concepts. You're not going to be getting schemed open like you will in the NFL with creative coaches guys that get paid more than offensive coaches at the NCAA level. So I think he's going to get schemed open. They're going to let him just run. They're going to let him rip it. And I'm here for it right now. He is my wide receiver one and Hey, throughout the draft process that could change as well. But um, I'm all in on his hands. I got a question for you guys. I didn't see him being like superly physical when he got the ball in his hands. I felt like he got tackled a lot by one tackler rather than kind of breaking through people. I mean, he, he uses speed really well to bust open down the field, but mm -hmm. I'm not really convinced that he's going to be like that physical player that is able to punish people at that size. Either. I agree. So. At the catch point, though? Oh, yeah, he's great. At the, he's, yeah, at the catch point, he got it. But then it's like after that, it's almost like he says to himself, well, I got the ball, I guess I'm done. <laughs> and then he gets tackled, right? <laughs> so, I mean, but that's – is that him or is that coaching – Sure. I, you know, it's one of those things where how many times have we, we looked at these prospects and like, we didn't see Jonathan Taylor catch the ball. So we had questions. Can Jonathan Taylor catch the ball? Guess what? Jonathan Taylor catch the ball. <laughs> Chev, you made a great point. Jamar Chase, not the best separator in college. 
damn good separator in the NFL. So, you know, it's not that these guys can't do it. It's just they haven't. We just got to see them do it. You know what's funny, right. though? We make this big assumption that these guys can't catch the bar. They can't catch the ball in college. Like, look at uh, CEH, great catcher of the ball. Then he gets to the they NFL, the and they don't throw him the ball. It's just like care. Josh Jacobs, too. Like, they didn't do it. Yep. He did it all in college, and then he gets to the NFL, and you would think that's what his best skill set was going to be, right? They just don't use it. So that's the thing that really frustrates me when I'm, like, watching these running backs, like – Great, he's awesome at catching the football, but what if he goes to a team that doesn't even use him properly? I mean, we, we don't ever know that, but we've seen it right. multiple times. So, that, I mean, we're watching our own film, but, I mean, it really comes down to who you get drafted by, too. True, true. Um, all right, let's move on to our last prospect of the evening, and that is Drake London from USC, and he is six foot five, 210 pounds. Is that right? Is he 20, really? That right, okay. Oh, sure. cool. He's 20. Uh, he was a four star recruit, and in 2021, which was an injury shortened season, 88 catches, 1,084 yards, seven touchdowns. So he averaged 12.3 yards per reception. And his projected cat draft capital is late first round. Hmm. Interesting. So we got two first rounders here, and then Kyron Williams. Um, Chev, why don't we start with you on Drake London? Your thoughts on this guy here. Yeah, so, I mean, he's kind of like Traylon Burks. He can go up and get the football and make big plays. And if you look at their background, they both played basketball. Drake played in in mm-hmm. college as well. So, I mean, he's always learned to, to block or put his butt on people, go up and get the basketball. Now he's just doing it in football. With that size, I mean, with the length that he has as well, it's going to be really easy for him to do so. And that's where we see him kind of excel. Um I don't see the long burst. I don't see the long speed. I think he wins really well uh, in those slants and those deep routes, Mm -hmm. but I don't really see too much after that. I don't see his route tree very much grown aside those two things. It seemed like when I was watching film, it was the same things over and over, slant, slant, deep ball. I mean, it's great and all, but that kind of gives me a little bit of worrisome as well as I look to possibly draft this guy later in round or later in the first round of our rookie drafts. Um, Sometimes he can have that loss of concentration as well. I really do think he's a really good player though. I think he finds way to win uh, at the catch point. He finds ways to win at the line of scrimmage. Now, if he could run routes a little bit differently, run them a little bit more precise, I think he could be a better prospect for me. Um, but, I mean, the production is insane, 88 receptions. Obviously, he's creating some separation at at the line of scrimmage to get those catches. I mean, they're not having incredible talent around him at wide receiver. Nothing that we see that would be draft-wise, in my opinion. Obviously, they're going to get some good recruits with Lincoln Riley coming in. But he knows how to win. He knows how to get those receptions. Uh, and I think he can do that at the next level. Uh, this one is kind of the same as Traylon Burks for me. I'm trying to stay away from those kind of 50-50 guys, uh, but he's a great wide receiver, and if it comes down to it, I would definitely take him if my guys are gone, for sure. Chev, I I do agree with the routes, and, you know, hearing you talk, I'm thinking about also for all you Debbie guys out there, Jackson Dart has entered the track, the uh, transfer portal. That was kind of surprising. I thought he looked good in Lincoln Riley's system. I would have loved to see Drake London play for a year under Lincoln Riley and see what he does there. I mean, this is a guy, his system has 
made some fantastic NFL wide receivers and quarterbacks too, for that matter. So I was kind of excited for USC with Jackson Dart next year. Now we're not going to get to see it. Um, what I see, I, he looks like a really good underneath receiver, which is kind of weird for a guy that's six foot five, slants, mm. short stuff. He's great. And then we see some deep passes. You're right. It's just, it's weird to me. A guy like this, I'd love to see him, you know, in the middle of the field a little bit too, with, with the size, six foot five. But then again, he's, he's fast, but I don't see elite speed. You know what I mean? And, and uh, he's like quick and shifty, but again, not the fastest guy. Um, soft hands. He's an average run blocker. Um, he could be dangerous at times with the ball in his hands. He would look good running screens, I think, too. At the next mm-hmm. level, but the problem is, are are is an NFL team going to want to take a guy with some limitations in the back of the first round? I guess we've seen it happen before. So I don't know. Again, is it the scheme? Is it coaching? Is it him? Right. So we're going to have some questions. But overall, I think this class is going to be a good, a uh, pretty good class. Let's also we should mention. His last two seasons were cut short, COVID in 20 and injury in 21. Um, yep. But uh, if not, ankle. I think, yeah, if not, I think statistically he'd be one of the top receivers in the country this past year. Um, Pork, do you have anything to add to Drake London? Um, <clears throat> the one thing I, I did see that he does have uh, really good, his arrogant hands, as they call it. Um, he just attacks the ball when it's in the air. Uh, I love that. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, did you say arrogant hands? Arrogant. Arrogant Jet pack hands. Gale, Galileo thing. Oh, yes. is that like is that like jazz hands? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Attack the ball. You're arrogant. You're ignorant. Just grab it while nobody cares while it's in the air. Um he catched the ball in traffic really well in the in the red zone. I kind of like that a lot. Um, especially when there's like two people on top of him. Um, he's not waiting for the ball to come to him. He goes to the ball. But I'm kind of with Chef too. This this the six five, two ten. 6'3", 220 guys for fantasy for me is, is is the issue thing for me. It's like I'm not seeing, you know, the separation downfield. Um, but I do like his uh, inner, his like, short route slants and stuff. So maybe he might be one of those guys that might be able to break the mold with his size, um, kind of like the, the Michael Thomas role, uh, running slants and, you know, big bodying guys up and, you know, doing some, doing some damage with the yak. So – for me, it's like I'm kind of 50-50 on him because I looked at last year's tape and I was off on him. And then once I got to this year's tape, uh, he kind of showed me a little bit more, showed me progression. So if I keep seeing progression, I think I'm going to raise him a little bit higher on my board. Okay. Uh, Nate, you had talked about Drake London numerous times on this channel, you know, both on uh, bonus pods here and on the YouTube channel. Did you have anything you wanted to add for this evening, though? Yeah, I'm um, just kind of – Echoing what you guys have said so far, I kind of feel pretty similar. Like Porkman said, I think uh, I wasn't a big fan of his 2020 tape. His 2021 tape did look better. He showed a bit more ability to make those contested catches, uh, get down the field. I, it's a guy that, you know, I'm just not, I'm like you guys, not as high on as some of the people. I know some people consider Drake London a top five wide receiver. I just don't see it myself. I'm trying to raise him up my draft board and I just can't. Um, he, he seems to play a little bit smaller than his size, which when he's six foot five, you know, 210 pounds, you know, he could gain some weight and be a very completely different player. But, you know, I think he is what he is. And he's a guy that, you know, can handle volume, but at the end of the day is not going to be that kind of Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson, 
kind of player who's just dominant at the catch point, like some people want him to be. Um, but I will admit, you know, the 2021 season, he did improve. I'm you know, sad to see that he was cut short by the uh, lower body injury. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying a lot of what you guys are saying. All right, so uh, that is our rookie breakdowns for this evening. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, we're, we're talking about some of the main guys right now. Declare Day is next Monday, if I'm correct, the 17th. All right, so after that, we're going to sit down and hammer out the rest of the schedule for the offseason, and we're going to have some good stuff. Now, there's going to be some guys that if you're interested in hearing about, you're going to have to head over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. You know, we're not going to clog up the main airwaves with Pete Guerrero or anything like that. We won't do that to you guys again this time. So, <laughs> right, Nate? Jermaine Osben, freaking TJ Vasher. You know, guys like that, you know, guys that we loved. And also, DeMonte Coxie never even got a workout. <laughs> That, Why'd you have to say that? That was Nate's boy. Because it really surprised me that it wasn't guy, just my boy though. Shaq. Shaq loved Monte Coxie. I liked him too. I hate him. I love hearing Shaq just say Demonte Coxie. I mean, that was a joy in its own. Demonte Coxie. All right, so let's move on to the proverbial, and I quote, meat and potatoes of the show. And tonight we're going to be talking about running backs to target in 2022. So let's start us off. Nate, we're going to start with you. You have an interesting one here. Tell us what you got. Yeah, so I decided to uh, kind of mix it up a little bit. I was looking at the running backs um, on uh, Keep Trade Cut, and I was like looking at these guys. I'm like, ah, oh, who's worth really – looking at you know because we all know the big names i don't need to talk about those guys and i you guys had already put some some people down so i didn't want to take advantage of trying to find someone like that so i'm scrolling down the list and here i see it rb 49 chris carson rb 49 is pretty low you know rb 49 is a low number for a guy that we have seen produce RB one level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand he's never really been fully healthy throughout an entire season. Um, we have a lot of question marks about the Seahawks. We saw Rashad Penny come out this season, you know, a lot of, a lot of question marks around Chris Carson. So this RB to target is not for the faint of heart. If you're in a rebuild or you don't think you're a contender, no reason to even touch Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. But if you think that you can make a championship run next year, and say you have two good running backs, but you're pretty thin after that. Why would you not throw some offers out for Chris Carson? Because I can tell you that Chris Carson managers are not excited to have Chris Carson at this point. They would much rather take their shot on a draft pick in two or three months because those draft picks, you know, we, they get hot. People love picking on the clock. People want those rookies. And, Two or three months from now, you can definitely flip. You can easily flip a second right now, but you might be able to flip two thirds next, you know, a month or two from now for Chris Carson. Because even as a guy who might be looking to try to get Chris Carson, you know, you only have maybe one year out of him. He's got one year left on his contract with Seattle, and that's the key here. Because Rashad Penny is a free agent, uh, DJ Dallas, we've seen him produce in some situations, but he's not a guy they're gonna, you know, have a bell cow out of. 
and they've been rolling Alex Collins in and out of there. He's a journeyman. So if Chris Carson comes back healthy, he's the RB1 there. I don't care if Russell Wilson's there or not. They're going to run the ball. You know, if they have a rookie quarterback or some other guy, they're going to run the ball. If Russell Wilson's there, they're still going to run the ball. And Chris Carson has shown he can get receiving work too. So this all hinges, of course, on him being healthy next year. It's a big question mark, but he didn't come back this year. And I assume that's because they're just looking for next year with Chris Carson. You know, they know they have one more year out of Chris Carson. You know you have one more year to Chris Carson. Go ahead right now, um, you know, start putting some feelers out. And over the offseason, you might be able to pick him up for two-thirds. You might be able to pick him up as a throw-in to a deal you're making right now. You know, people are ready to move away from Chris Carson. There's a lot of implied risk with Chris Carson. Take advantage of that. Get a guy that, you know, might be able to provide you with a very solid flex play or even some RB1 weeks next year if he's healthy. So kind of a one out of left field here, but I have a good feeling that Chris Carson comes back. I don't know if he plays all 17 games, but, you know, if he plays eight, 10 games, and you spend a third or maybe two third round picks on him, you could be pretty happy. All right, we're going to be talking about uh, his backfield mate in a little bit here, but Chev, let's go to you. I actually, I really like your pick here. I got to be honest with you. I'm a big fan of this player. Why don't you tell us who it is? Yeah, so my player I'm going with for this is going to be Devin Singletary. So Devin Singletary all the way up to week 13, not the greatest player. But it seems the Bills have found a way to use him uh, and help their team be successful with him being their running back. Uh, So in week 14 through 18, he's averaging probably around 15 to 16 touches. Uh, When he's not getting the ball rushing, they're throwing the ball to him at least seven times a game. Um, So the usage is there for him. He's seeing touches, especially when those games are in the cold where it would be a run downhill. They need somebody to rush the football and also be a threat in the passing game which is sad. Zach Moss has not panned out to who some people thought he would be. Um, But Devin Singletary is starting to find his own in that offense, and they're starting to use him with high volume. So that really excites me for next season. And he's not a guy that is well talked about. I mean, this guy has had 20-plus points in the last three games, and I feel like I haven't seen a dang word about him. So this is a guy that you should be able to get for decently cheap, He's going into his last year of his contract next season with Buffalo, uh, so then maybe they might move on from him. I'm guessing they'll probably try to pick somebody up in the draft as well this off off season or get somebody as a free agent. But Devin Singletary is somebody that if you are needing a running back that is less talk about and is going to be on the cheaper side, I would not mind trying to go out and get him for the next season. Chev, I like it, and he's a guy. It's like they're trying to replace him. They just can't because Zach Moss sucks. I mean, when there's – Suiting up Matt Braid over you. Man, just pack it in. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I really like that one a lot. Um, so, Pork, your your player, although it is misspelled on the show sheet, why don't you tell us who you have? How is it misspelled on the show sheet? But anyway. You forgot the S. The S? Oh, I probably did. Oh, oh well. It don't matter. <laughs> um, about this gentleman here. <laughs> Rashad Penny, right? This guy was not drafted in most leagues for uh, for startups because they felt like this guy was cooked. He was injured, <clears throat> got first round draft capital. He figured drafted by Seattle, drafted in the first round, you're probably not going to be good because you wasn't drafted in the sixth round. This guy comes back out of nowhere because there's no Chris Carson. 
They got to pick up Adrian Peterson. They Travis Homer is not it. This guy comes in and goes absolutely bonkers out of nowhere. He gets freaking 135 yards, 137, 170, and 190 against. It was a 190 against a good Cardinals team. No, they suck at the, and the other teams. Team. Don't don't cap. <laughs> don't cap. But still, it's still a good team. Yeah, it's the fact that I'm I'm gonna put my money on a guy that everybody gave up on. And he, this guy had enough heart to come back from his career, his career injuries from the past four years and just go ham. He's an undrafted free agent. He's super cheap. There's going to be people that's probably going to try to sell him for a third because you're not going to trying to trying to say you want to get a second for Rashad Penny. That's not going to happen because they're going to say, well, it was just you can just say, well, he played the Lions, the Texans and the Cardinals. That's fine. Get the third. And he might go to a good team next year. Go to a team like maybe Atlanta, who needs a running back. Hopefully, they draft somebody. But if it gets to a point where they can pick up a Rashad Penny, or he goes to like a team like Miami, who needs a running back there as well, this guy is super cheap. Just pick him up now, and and see what happens. This is a one of those things where it's like a it's a win win. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But if it does, you got him super cheap, and he's going to take you to the moon. Just off of just just pure old uh, old news from what he's done in the past because he hasn't done anything. So yeah, give me him all day. Question: Did you say he was a he was an undrafted free agent? No, I'm talking about like un, not undrafted free agent. I'm talking about undrafted in drafts. Sorry, my bad. Okay, because I thought you he said was he first was first round pick. I'm not an idiot. I, not today. I'm, just, I'm making sure. <laughs> That's all. It seems like right. he's been in the league for less than like four Forever. years. I'm gonna be honest. It yeah. seems like I, I don't know. It just seems like he's way younger than I rem- I remember. But man, he's been in the mm-hmm. league for four years now. He's four only years. a year and younger has- than Chris Carson. That's crazy. <laughs> and the thing is, to me, I, I'm not too sure if Seattle may resign him because, again, as much as I love Chris Carson. Chris Carson literally looks like he just likes to run into brick walls and gets hurt every year. And I I understand he gives you RB one weeks, but if you're at anticipating injury for a certain player, because you know, he's going to get hurt. Me personally, I need the consistency for week to week. Cause I keep getting that questionable knee injury, questionable neck injury, which neck injury Chris Carson does have, which Mm -hmm. he might not come back from. We're not sure yet. We don't know how serious it may be. So they may re-sign Rashad Penny to the Seahawks, and he might be their RB1, which sounds gross. But if he's going to produce, give him to me. I, you should be the last person talking about questionable with a knee injury. So. Hey, hey. <laughs> First of all, this is a sports injury. I was working at my sports job delivering water. That's, water. Oh, water. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Chev, real quick, before we move on, what is the most you would pay for Devin Singletary? Sean wants to know. Uh, I mean, I'd probably give up a second, a late second for him. I think this draft class could use a little more depth, but I think if you can get a sec- a later second, I would definitely go for it. All right, and As he one pours last, the water. What, what was that that you poured in? That's what I wanted to know. I like how he held it up to the camera just so you could hear it. <laughs> the cider. Win- All right, Winter Jack Tennessee Cider. Very cute, Phil. Thank you. All right, Chevin, thank you for that as well. Get out of Um, here with that bull crap. 
yes, miss me with that. I know. So let's talk about the last player on here, and that is my guy. That's Elijah Mitchell. Sean, why don't you go ahead and bring up those lovely graphics that you made? There you go. Um, yeah. So listen, here's the thing, and you're gonna have to wait a little bit. You know, recency bias. The season's just over. Players like this, I like to wait a little bit. Wait until there's nothing happening. Until your league is just dead. You'll know when that is. No, no one's talking in the chat. No one's making any moves. No one's picking anyone up or offering any trades. That's when you pounce on a guy like Elijah Mitchell. Six-round draft pick, and I thought he was just a pretty basic running back, and I got news for you. He is. That being said, I'm not telling you to, to try to trade for him or acquire him in any way to be your running back one. He's going to be your RB2, and the reason I'm looking at guys like this is these are the guys that make up the bulk of your team. You can't fill your entire dynasty roster with number ones at the position. You just can't. 12 to 16 teams in a league, there's going to be ones all across the board. 963 yards on 207 carries. He missed some time. It would have been well over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. I don't have his receiving stats in front of me. I don't think it's much. He wasn't much of a receiver at Louisiana, that being said. But I like what I see in the fact that he's outplaying a third-round draft pick in Trey Sermon. That means something. Kyle Shanahan likes the guy. Raheem Mostert, he ain't it. Jeff Wilson Jr., he ain't it. You could also make the case that running quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, are a detriment to running backs, which can be true at times. So that is one way that I would try to to go about acquiring Elijah Mitchell. What would I pay for him? You know, you always start low try to package up a couple thirds and maybe a player that somebody likes. And then you go up from there. I would be willing to pay like a high second or, you know, like a mid to late second and a third for him and always, you know, be willing to deal some uh, lesser players, some guys you don't like. Don't forget fab is tradable for the most part too. So always got to throw a couple fab bucks in there. What you laugh at me all you want, man. What about Kylan Hill? How much would you pay for Kylan Hill? <laughs> Whatever you want, a seventh. Whatever I want. All right, a seventh. <laughs> no, Just drop him and pick him up with the three fab dollars. You know that's one of those things. I wouldn't even try to acquire Kylan Hill right now because obviously he's injured, and I would want to see if the Packers do anything in free agency in the draft. Because if they take another running back, they sign another running back. He's cool. It's not looking good. But then if you could, and then you wait until he gets cut and you just pick him up off the waiver wire, like Jay Sternberger. <laughs> Both Packers. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Or Puka Williams. Hey, he hasn't been cut. Oh, come on, Mike. Give me another. Give me another one. Get back did to him. Say, did you say he has or has not been cut? Has not been cut yet. Dude was suspended, and they still keep him on the team. He's that good. <laughs> yeah, felt bad for him because he had less toes. What did he get suspended for again? I don't even remember. PEDs, I guess. Oh, okay. That works. Try to, to, try to grow back that toe. <laughs> <laughs> Lay some with stem cells. Come on now. So those are uh, running backs we're trying to target in 2022. Next week, we'll be talking about running backs we're staying away from in 2022. That was fun. So, Chev, what do you have for us this evening? Yes. Yeah, so I got a verse from Ephesians 4.2. It says, be, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. For me, it's a lot easier to become unpatient than be patient. Uh, I'm not sure what the reason is for that or to be gentle. Sometimes I get straight to business and get right to what I want to say, even if it could possibly 
maybe be a little too too much to start off, but we need to be patient. We need to be kind with each other. And when things are going right, not being boastful about it, but being humble uh, because we don't know what other people are going uh, on in their lives around us. Uh, but it's good to show what's going on in your life that are good, though. Not saying boastful is bad, but you need to be humble in the ways you maybe appreciate or maybe show those uh, humbling beginnings that you had. Uh, so I think for me, it's just learning how to be patient, learning how to be gentle more and showing love to people rather than being unpatient, which is very hard for me to or very easy for me to do right now. Uh, for whatever reason in my life, that's something I've been working on. That's something that will be a goal of mine in 2022. Shoot, it might be my word of the year, patience. Uh, but show love to one another, be humble, and be patient. All right. Great words from a great man. Thank you, Chev. I'm trying to be more patient as well, but I have a toddler, so my patience runs thin. Thank you again to all of our listeners and viewers on YouTube. Make sure you check us out on all social media platforms, on all podcast platforms. We're available wherever you want us to be. And if we're not somewhere, you know, a friend wants to listen to us, let me know. I will do my best to make sure we get our RSS feed over there. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Please go check out our YouTube page. It is absolutely just, it's full of great stuff. I think Bob's releasing stuff like every day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and on those on those YouTube videos, please put comments. We love to interact with everybody. There's some people on there that constantly do it, but hey, more more is better. And then we we'll go through the comments, and interact with you, and Bob will uh, probably reply on all of them. This is freaking awesome. But once I look through them, I'll kind of skim through and reply to any questions that you guys have. I have nothing but time. So for Nate, Chev, and Phil, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. And until next time, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Take us out of here, Sean. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.